Welcome to the Creatives and Focus Podcast. Hi, I'm James Reed, a fantasy author publishing under GMD Reed. The first volume of my epic 12-book fantasy series, Shadow of the Dragon, is available for purchase. Check out Foundation of Courage. Today, I'm joined by Matt Lucas. He's the author of The Shadow Gospel. How are you doing today, Matt? I'm doing well, James. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm feeling much better than, than last week. That's good to hear. I, had a, I don't know what I had. It was rough. But I've recovered. So, yeah. So, uh, I'd like to start off these interviews with a, a dumb question. Are you a cat person or a dog person? Oh man, I gotta go dog. I've had six golden retrievers throughout my life. Um, you know, as a kid, my, they were my parents' dogs, and now I've got a one-year-old golden named Annie. So the answer's gotta be gotta be dog. Yeah, and golden retriever's a good choice. It's the second best dog after black Labrador. There so, you go. I've encountered several of those, and they're always fun. You can guess what my childhood dog was. Yep. Yep. No, that's cool. That's awesome. Although, although we had a half half uh, lab, half Weimaraner, which is a gray dog. And you combine it with a black dog, and then you get a cinnamon-colored dog. Don't ask me how that works. Yeah, I don't that, remember the that color is schemes it. working out that way. In, in that's, that's 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 what she was. So she was a really good dog too. But uh, yeah, very cool. Well, yeah. So uh, how long have you wanted to be an author, Matt? Um, so it's actually kind of funny. My my first novel, um, which is titled The Shadow Gospels, I wrote the first chapter for it in ninth grade, which would have made me somewhere around thirteen or fourteen. Um, did not actually want to be a writer at that point. Uh, if you would have asked me then, I probably would have told you I was going to be an NFL quarterback or something like that. Um, but given that I'm not tall enough or strong enough or fast enough that none of those things ended up working out. Um, but I had a teacher, um, who was that ninth grade, uh, English literature teacher who had wrote on the back of the assignment, uh, for, that was the, ended up becoming the shadow gospels, just a, basically a chapter of it, um, that I had a real talent for it. And so I uh, went to college, was probably like 23 years old, went into the uh, corporate workforce. And when I did that, I realized that that line of work is wildly unfulfilling. Um, so I needed some sort of creative outlet, something to kind of, um, you know, mitigate some of the monotony that comes from the corporate work world. And uh, yeah, so I picked this old assignment back up, started to write. Um, and what is it? Six years later, it got published. Awesome. I was writing in the ninth grade, but I didn't share it with anybody. I was too embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah. We had a lot of like journaling assignments that, you know, those, those got thrown away at the end of the year. Yeah. I don't know. My teachers never assigned us stuff like that. It was more like writing papers on dumb books they made me read. Yeah. Um, I think I think there was like two books I ever was assigned in an English class I liked, and one of them was The Secret of Nim. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the animated cartoon. I have not. Oh well, it's really good. It's back in the '80s when they terrified kids with animated movies. Yeah. But it's really good. Huh. I'll um, check that out. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's just I don't know. It's a very interesting movie, and uh, but yeah, no, it was really good. Um, no, it's just about like this. This widowed mother, like little mouse mother, and she just needs to save her kids from the farmer who's going to like plow over their house. And uh, there's some weird like 
politics and genetic manipulation and all sorts of craziness. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very yeah. cool. Yeah. So it's, uh, I don't know, it's good. Anyway, but anyways, we read the book in like the sixth grade and it was really good. And then, then and I think uh, that was like the last book I remember reading in an English class I liked. Yeah. We had read some good ones. I remember like, you know, the classics like Beowulf and, and okay, Grapes yeah. of Wrath and all that kind of stuff. And some of those were interesting, yeah. but the teachers that were the best were the ones that encouraged you to do your own writing. Um, and I was fortunate to have one um, who really leaned into that. So we didn't do a lot of reading in her class. We did a lot of writing. Definitely didn't have that teacher. Yeah. I did read. Yeah, no, Beowulf was good. It was just, I don't know. I guess it, it was like in the textbook. So it was like, I don't know. It didn't feel like a real book. It's yeah, that, that's the same like version we had. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But then, yeah, no, I did read that. You know, and then we read, we never read any of the cool Shakespeare plays. Yeah, we like, didn't yeah. either. We always stuck to like, I mean, we did like Romeo and Juliet and stuff, yeah. which is like very overplayed. But, but I don't like how, I mean, you know what? I think maybe now as an adult, I can appreciate how wishy washy Hamlet is. Yeah. But as a 16 year old kid, I was like, no, man, he killed your dad. Just stop whining about it. Yeah. Like, I get it. Like, I, you know, murder's wrong and all, but like he's not. No one's punishing this guy. I, I, it's cool. Go for it. That was yeah. six-year-old me. I think I think probably adult me would understand the character a lot better. Probably. Probably have to go back and read it. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I read like A Midsummer's Night Dream on my own. I, that was funny. Like we didn't yeah. read the comedies. The comedies of Shakespeare are really funny. They are. They're underrated. Yeah. Anyway, so let's uh, let's talk about your novel, The Shadow Gospel, that you apparently yeah. started back in the ninth grade. Yeah. I have nothing I wrote back in the ninth grade. I chucked it all, I think. Because yeah. it was all garbage. But anyways, um, so the terrorist organization just reduced the uh, Vatican to ash, and uh, it looks like Armageddon's upon us. Yep. And uh, so tell us about it. It seems like we're into some um, Christian rapture stuff. Is that correct? So I can, you know, that uh, sort of... Um, sort of. Sort so of. I, okay. I actually take a little bit of a different approach. So um, I never read the Left Behind series. I don't know. That's a popular one. That's, that's fine. Sort of, it's not well written. That's kind of what I heard, but I never read it. Um, and I also, um, so I, I'm a Christian. That's why I write in this space. I also have some theological differences with it. So I am not a rapture person. I don't think there's right. Gonna, yeah. That's, I had that because I grew up, my church was um, mostly like all millennialists. So they kind of like, they already believed like the the tribulation stuff was just the Roman persecution of the Christians and all that. So yeah. they didn't expect like this whole like stuff that you see in Left Behind. Yeah. So that was kind yeah. of the tradition I was raised on. Yeah. Yeah. So I, and it's really common that like, it's so you would be uh, a millennial and then there's, mm-hmm. there's premillennial um, dispensationalist, which basically takes revelation as like, Completely literal. Um, yeah. And I don't fall into that camp. Um, no. I've done a lot of like Bible study. I've done a lot of like, there's some scholars that I read some of their stuff. I don't read a lot of fiction. I actually read a lot of like scholarly work. Um, I write fiction. I don't write scholarly work. Um, right. So it's a bit of a dichotomy there. But um, so what I wanted to do with like the shadow gospels is I always pondered the question when I was thinking about things like revelation or like why God would use something like an apocalypse. Um to really wrap this whole story up. Um, and a lot of what I sort of came to just in my reading and my philosophy and stuff is that the dark times, the really difficult times in our lives are often the way that God will draw us back to himself. Um, and so what I did, and there's a theme that runs through the shadow gospels and the theme is contrast. 
and the contrast is sort of told through uh, one of my favorite characters. I think it's pretty much everyone who's read it is like the favorite character. It's this uh, young boy. He's about 10 years old. He's in the Sudan. He's dealing with religious persecution. Um, he's kind of torn between these two worlds um, with uh, Islam and Christianity. There's a lot of conflict in like the Sudan region. Yeah. Um, yeah. So okay. I kind of play a little bit into that um, and sort of the allegory that kind of runs through the shadow gospels is the idea that stars shine brightest during the night. Um, and so it's this opportunity for the world to really see um, the people that strive through this kind of dark time um, and they become these beacons to sort of draw the world back to God Um and the darkness being this kingdom of hell that's being forged through like supernatural means and kind of within the spiritual realm and through influence. So it's not like, you know, all the evil characters are just walking around in the broad daylight. I mean, this is a very subtle manipulation through secret societies and, you know, spiritual manipulation of political leaders and things like that. Um, so it's a very like nefarious underhanded methodology, but it's designed to let's build this kingdom of hell. Let's expose the world to it. And then that idea would be that the world would look at this thing once it's built and say like, this is not what we want. And then realizing the lack of fulfillment that comes with that, the strife and the, you know, the, the evil that sort of comes from this new kingdom would actually draw people into, you know, let's return to God, let's build the kingdom of heaven, that kind of thing. Um, and so the characters that you're going to follow in the shadow gospels are, they're kind of those stars they're those beacons of light that are sort of set up at this time to kind of guide people back as darkness falls. So. Yeah, that sounds like a really interesting take on it. Um, <laughs> you know, there's definitely a, I mean, this, I mean, I always like the sort of, various post I mean I always raised the homilies but I always read like the sort of rapture books because I just like the I don't know I write stories about the end of the world I guess I don't know yeah yeah I mean it's going to end right yeah that's that's the law the second law of thermodynamics right nothing nothing lasts forever or you know or you can say it's it's sin sin corrupts everything eventually everything ends right right it's all there so yeah no so it sounds good yeah so um What's sort of the inspiration behind climbing up with this as, you know, ninth grade you? Yeah, so ninth grade me was was really into, like, Batman. Um, and right. so, like, I wanted to create, like, my own superhero origin story kind of deal. Um, and that theme made it to the adult version <laughs> that I that I later wrote. And as I, as I got older and I started to look at some of the Christian content that's out there. Um, so, you know, we've already mentioned Left Behind, but... There's a lot of other stuff that's kind of out there that's pretty drab and pretty mundane and, and, you know, pretty cookie cutter stuff. And I had a passion when I really started to take writing on seriously, like I was really into Game of Thrones. Like that's when Thrones was getting to be really big and I was watching the show and I started to read um, George R.R. Martin's books and I liked that dark grittiness and I liked um, my other sort of series that I loved growing up. It, it wasn't in um, books, but in film was the dark Knight trilogy, you know, the Christian Bale's Batman, that dark gritty, um, very hyper realistic atmosphere was something that I just was really drawn to. 
And so I was sitting there one day and I was kind of like, you know, Christian content is so sort of goofy and um, kind of not serious um, that I wanted to create something that was like almost like an R rated, like there's no Christian horror. There's no Christian like paranormal thriller. There's, you know, you have like the left behind series, but that's very, you know, it's a little bit corny in my opinion. Yeah. Um, there's definitely, I guess definitely something with Christians wanting to shy away from sort of harsher realities. Yeah. Yeah. And, and see for me, like I look at that and I go, well, you know, we, we shouldn't be shying away from those types of realities. Like we should be facing those and like people come in contact with those realities all the time. So we can either pretend that they're not there or you can confront them. And so I wanted to create something that confronted some of those really, really challenging themes that we deal with in the world. Like that's a huge question for people. Like, you know, why is there suffering in the world? Why is there, you know, death and disease and people doing evil things to each other. I mean, that's a common question that pervades all of human existence. And I was like, if you just pretend that it's not there or that once you get into this select club, that all of a sudden you're immune to all that stuff, it's just not factual. Um, so I wanted to create something that really did confront the darkness, that really did put darkness on full display. Um, and I think, you know, again, that pervading theme of in those dark times, you see the light a lot clearer. Um, so that's what I kind of strive to create. So it's kind of like an, it's weird because it's kind of like an R-rated paranormal political Christian horror thriller kind of deal. So it's a bit of an amalgamation of sex. Yeah, no, I, I get that. No, I like to take my characters. I like to put my characters into very dark situations and yeah. watch them try to find their way to the light and you know some succeed some don't i guess that's like that's why i don't write grimdark because grimdark never gets beyond that yeah but like i like to go into that and then come back out again exactly exactly I guess, uh i don't know i guess the theme of hope or is always something that i just find in my writing i don't know mm-hmm. i don't know <laughs> yeah no i mean yeah that's i yeah definitely write those very <laughs> Very, that would, there were some people who went to my church that would be very dis, that would look at me in disapproval. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there I probably that was. In my books. Yeah, that was a thing for me. Like when I definitely, you know, started to put it out there. Um, that's a big concern because I'm like, you know, oh wait, what happens when they get to the chapter with the demonic serial killer who's trying to carve someone up? Like, oh wait, that's probably not usually something that falls within their wheelhouse. Um, yeah, they but. Just skip- they just skip over the, all the dark parts of the Bible, probably. Yeah. Not, I mean, or, a, or just pretend that they just don't realize what all that flowery language is really hiding. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, the, the Bible would be an R-rated movie if you made it today. That's just facts. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, people, I don't know, they just shy away from, yeah, I guess I, I get that. It's kind of the, I guess that's why I don't really go to church anymore. It's kind of the hypocrisy. Oh I yeah. I didn't like, I don't, I don't like that. So <laughs> yeah. Well, you get it in a lot of camps, man. I mean, that's just how people mm. are sometimes. That's, that's a human problem. It is, it is the very human thing where, where we don't, we don't like to confront the dark parts of ourselves and see where the, the evil in us is. Yeah. And I guess I got, I come back to like Carl Jung's like shadow theory where you have to understand your shadow self. Yeah. And I agree. Accept that this is a part of you and then you can hopefully manage that part of you and keep it f- those those bad impulses from from doing it instead of just thinking you're 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 really good and you can't possibly make mistakes and what you're doing isn't wrong. It's you know people don't like to see themselves that way. They want to see what they're yeah. doing is righteous, and then that's that's a dangerous thing if you're not self-reflective. 
Oh yeah. Any listen, anyone who thinks that they're righteous is very wrong. Like they are. This is fact. Yeah. I mean, this is this is why I'm still a Christian because the theology really makes sense to me on um, yeah. how humans behave and uh, all that and the the you know the the serotology and stuff like that. It's very I, I like it more than any other religion. But I just yeah. I just don't like a lot of the, I just can't stand being around a lot of people that practice it. Yeah, no, I totally understand that. I've been in, I've been in your shoes quite uh, uh, quite often. But yeah, no, but it's uh you know I've been small doses with my family, some friends yeah. and stuff. Yeah. As long as they're not like, why aren't you going to church every Sunday? My mom doesn't do that to me, thank God. Yeah, she's uh she's very she's just I don't know she's like all right you just live in your life and I'm just going to accept that. So. Yeah, there you go, there you go. But uh, so anyways, um, is this so this is a series right, the Shadow Gospel? Yeah, yeah. It's a series. Um, so it, it basically it takes place. I'm, I'm, it's going to be around four or five is my best bet. I just finished the sequel. So it's with the publisher now. Um, so hopefully it comes out in 2023 at some point in time. And that one's going to be titled The Shadow Gospels Fall of Man. And so kind of going along with sort of the theme that you highlighted a little bit earlier, um, this is where the characters have to confront their own darkness in the second one. Um, The first one kind of has that uplifting note where, you know, you have their heroic journeys. You have them ascending into these new planes of, of influence. Right. Where they're taking up the, you know, with one character who takes up the mantle of Michael, the protector, and he is, you know, going to kind of go out and protect the flock kind of deal. Um, you know, others who are learning more. I've got an exorcist who learns a lot more about his supernatural origins and you know, he gets set off in an adventure to really understand himself um, after going through some conflict to reveal some some things that um, you know are a little bit harrowing in his past. Um, so a lot of that stuff is kind of happening in the first one. Um, so it's really, you know, the first one's a really good book. Um, I say that just as the author, but it's very intense. It's very action packed, but a lot of it is setting the stage. Um, and then the next one fall of man is where we're going to like really see these heroes confront their own evil, um, and how they cope and deal with that and the consequences of, of not being obedient, um, to, to God essentially. And you know, what sort of, havoc that wreaks on the world so and you have another book out yeah i think you emailed me two links from two books yeah yeah so i have another one um it's titled chronicles of yeshu fellowship of faith is the subtitle and if you can if you couldn't tell by the title it's kind of an ode to c.s lewis and and tolkien um you know with the chronicles and the fellowship piece um but this is a little bit more of like a dark fantasy um, so sort of like a Lord of the Rings kind of deal. And that one is where you have this um, continent that's been taken over by these demonic deities called the Triad. And the Triad are essentially essentially spawn of a deeper evil that sort of pervades the land. And they've banished this religion. Um, so this religion of Yeshu, which is sort of set up to be a god you know, type figure, like the god of the Bible type figure. And so it's sort of how um, his religion is working through this dark time. So, again, similar theme of this, you know, force of light, you know, taking taking root amidst this really dark world. And again, the elevation of um, special people or chosen people um, into a, a sphere of influence where they can start to make meaningful changes in the world. Um, and that'll be a series as well. That's actually releasing on February 6th. 
Um, so one that's more sword and sorcery, one that's more kind of political thriller, paranormal, apocalyptic. Okay, cool. Yeah, that sounds right. You ever read a Canto for Lee Bullets? I have not. You should. I'll have to check that out. It's uh, it was written by a, this Roman Catholic who was a bomber in World War II, and he felt I think he he bombed like a cathedral in in Italy, oh, and wow. uh, he felt really guilty about it. So he wrote this this book called The Canticle for Leibowitz. And it's like this sci-fi post-apocalyptic book, like after we nuked ourselves. And it's about yeah. like it's about like these like Catholic monks trying to preserve like what's left of culture and stuff and religion yeah. and art and and all of those are trying to get their their this this guy canonized as a saint and he was just like um he was just like an engineer who built like some buildings but they find his like holy writings in these ruins and they're like look at these amazing blueprints so they think he must be a saint but yeah. uh, so that's the so but that's the but like it just follows these monastery like these monks in like three different stories over like like 1500 years of human recovery and it's like yeah no it's all the like the problems of mankind just repeating themselves over and over again. Oh wow. Like, that sounds interesting. Know, but these people trying to like you know keep the light alive despite the darkness around them. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, that seems like a pretty similar themes. Yeah, just just be aware it's like three different stories in three different time periods so there is a very abrupt ending to that first story and you're like, "Wait, what?" Yeah. <laughs> that makes okay. sense. Yeah. All right. Well, it was really great chatting with you, Matt. Yeah, no, I appreciate this. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, so uh, you have yourself a great day. And if you want to let people know where they can connect with you on social media. Yeah, sure. Um, so I have um, an author page on Facebook, um, Matt Lucas-Author. Um, so that's one. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I really don't usually use Twitter. I was on it for a little bit and I got off. Um, but I'm back on it because I have to market these books somehow. Um, so at Luke, L-U-K-E, the author. Um, so that's going to be my handle on on Twitter. And then on Instagram, um, at Matt, M-A-T-T, the letter D is in David, Luke, L-U-K-E. Um, so, yeah, feel free to follow me on any of uh, those platforms. And if you are, you do end up reading either of the books or both of the books, you know, feel free to reach out. I'm always uh, pretty accessible um, over any social media platform. Awesome. Well, it was really great talking with you, Matt. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. You have a good one. You too. This has been Creatives in Focus. You can follow my books on Amazon under JMD Read, or join my readers group, Fantastic Worlds of the Imagination, on Facebook to keep up with news and releases.